Welcome to episode 144 of Crack the Customer Code. Big thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code and get listening to your favorite customer experience book today. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my co-host and the camp counselor for all of us at Camp Customer today, Adam Toporek. Camp counselor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it's the end of summer. I was thinking summer camp, and, you know, maybe maybe that should be our next uh, initiative to host Camp Customer. I'm so <laughs> old that I immediately think of the movie Meatballs. Oh, how can you not? <laughs> Are you ready for the summer? That's a great... Great movie if you haven't seen it. Wow, you just sang on our podcast. I did, and I don't sing anywhere. And there's no chance that's being edited out. <laughs> <laughs> that is staying. No. <laughs> You're so mean to me. Well, speaking <laughs> of things that are going to change, our guest today is a change master. Change wow, Jedi. I like you did there. Well done. Good segue. I, I like the segues, you know, I try. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we talked to Eddie Turner today, and it was fantastic because he really is about facilitation and about helping organizations change. And you and I have seen this so many times. Change mm -hmm. is just, I mean, people hate it on an individual level, but on an organizational level, it's just like, ah. Yeah. And I think he does a really good job kind of outlining the phases that organizations go through with change and some of the mistakes they make versus how facilitation, when it's done the right way, can really help organizations make the changes they need. And you know, I, I mean, you and I have seen this where they come out and they say, we are now customer centric. Congratulations <laughs> to us. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> that's the big change. <laughs> no, really, I have the poster in my office. I'm serious. <laughs> it's got a kitty. Well, what's interesting, you know, and I, I met Eddie at the uh, NSA convention. We had a great conversation. He's a really smart guy. And, and that was the National Speakers Association, just to be clear. Yes. You, yes you're to... not suddenly into security. <laughs> Yes, the uh, the ones who speak, not the ones who listen. That's the big joke, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, so I spoke with him at NSA, and it's fascinating to me that we all admit change is hard. We all complain about how hard change is, yet so few companies have somebody help them with change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it's very interesting because you, when you talk to him, when you hear sort of what he does, you go, wow, that's the stuff that needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. And he has a way of putting things that really – uh, I think everybody's going to walk away with something where they're going to think, oh, yeah, that's a that's a great idea or that's something that we could really do within our own organization or even when you're dealing with your own change as an individual. <laughs> so I think we should just jump to it. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Eddie? Eddie Turner is a change agent who has worked for several of the world's most admired companies. Eddie has extensive experience in information technology and teaching, and he now leverages those skills in his work as a leadership development practitioner. Eddie is an international certified coach, practicing executive coaching around the world. He facilitates global workshops, strategy sessions, and high-level meetings, and he is a member of the International Association of Facilitators and certified as a competent facilitator by the International Institute for Facilitation. Try to read that <laughs> sentence, Jeannie. A graduate of Northwestern University and an alumnus of the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University, Eddie has been studying leadership and organizational development for quite a while. Eddie, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. We're so happy that you're here with us today, Eddie. Thanks for taking the time. And 
one of the things that I know you are truly an expert on is change and and facilitating people and organizations through that. And so one of the questions I wanted to start with today, really, what are the most common challenges you see around change? And frankly, why is change so daunting? (laughs) Change is daunting because once we are comfortable, we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. And oftentimes uh, change implies that I, as an individual, may be challenged to learn a new set of skills, uh, my security in my role, my job, whatever it may be, uh, may be threatened because now new competition is invited. And so uh, the unique challenge is moving people through the change process in a way that, number one, uh, they see change as an opportunity and then number two, they welcome it uh, as such a way. Hmm. So, yeah, I was to say, when you're looking at individuals, because I mean, basically, you just described me in the chair in my man cave. <laughs> 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 I don't ever want to leave it. It's where I'm comfortable. But, you know, so we've got all these psychological resistance to change. So we're going to talk about organizations. But when you're working with an individual and trying to get them to accept change, to embrace change even, what are some of the approaches you take? Well, there's a couple of uh, uh, approaches I use. One of them is to lead them through a change model uh, that uh, was adopted from the Scott Joffe model that I've used in organizations in a facilitated way. And so through a facilitated strategy session, uh, we'll walk people through the four stages. The first is denial. In many cases, people feel like it's not even necessary for the change initiative that a company is introducing. The next phase we run people through is the resistance. So once they've been moved out of denial, and we go go through a whole facilitated process of exploration of all the reasons people think it's not necessary. Well, if we really look at it through a different lens, can we move people from denial and then move them to the part where they're thinking, well, maybe it is necessary, but I'm still resistant. It's not necessary at this time. And then there's a couple of other areas that we push uh, people through in the model. They say denial's not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like how you phrase the, well, maybe this is okay. Like, so, you know, nobody's actually jumping up and down. They're kind of like, well, okay, fine. Um, reminds me of my children a little bit, frankly. <laughs> so what are some of the tricks or some of the ways that you've seen communication work most effectively when you're dealing with either a big change or maybe even a smaller one? Do you have any clues on like, you know what, people can only take three ideas at a time or anything like that? What have you seen that works? Well, there's your normal surveys that you would issue to an organization, uh, uh, focus groups, And then also I've run facilitated workshops. And so in these facilitated workshops, we've done a process of of funneling. So we'll talk about all of the reasons for change. We'll lead people through a process of exploration. And sometimes we can even refer to that as creative chaos because Mm -hmm. we literally throw all the ideas on the wall. We brainstorm uh, after we've taken the, the pulse check and gotten a sense of, you know, what the current state is. And we look at the future state and look at the desired state. We get everyone's uh, feedback and input, and then we use that and that process of funneling through a series of uh, exercises and engagement strategies to really 
get the sense of where people are, what makes sense to them, so that at the end of the day, when the decision is being implemented, implemented, when we are ready for the change process, people are moved from denial to resistance, from exploration to actually being committed. And they are committed because they were a part of the process from the beginning, through the middle, through the end. And so when they feel like their voice was heard, when they feel like they had a stake in it, their level of commitment is significantly higher than if it were just uh, a bunch of smart people who walked in with great ideas as consultants or leaders and said, this is the way it is, and this is the way we're going to do it. <laughs> maybe a great <laughs> idea, maybe perfect, but without having the buy-in from the folks who are actually affected, uh, you have less of a commitment to sustain it. <laughs> Well put. Right. I know. And that's the catch. So what's interesting to me, I mean, it's such a valuable service. You, I mean, this facilitation, because, you know, Jeannie and I, we've all seen, we've all seen, you know, large organizations where just change is a mantra and change, because it almost becomes a cudgel in some cases. And I want to ask you two questions. One, I want to dive deeper into the facilitation and what you do and how organizations sort of exists without it because you know a lot of people don't bring in somebody to help them through change they just sort of go up there and stomp their feet and pound their fists on the desk and say <laughs> we're, we're change agents um so one i want to ask you about the facilitation but the other thing i want to ask you about is have you ever seen change used as sort of a weapon and what i mean by that is you know there's good change and bad change let's say i'm on the front lines and somebody says, oh, we're going to do this. And I go, wow, that's a really stupid idea. And instead <laughs> of addressing the idea, they just go, well, you're afraid of change. Yeah, that's a good point. Have you ever yep. seen that? And how, what do you do when you're, if, if it's an organization you're working with and facilitating and you start seeing like, oh, people really don't like this. And it's, you know, they're, we're throwing the afraid of change at them. What do we do about that? Well, that's a great point that you make about being uh, using change as a as a as a battle tactic, if you will, or as, as a punishment. So all change should be to lead an organization to a higher level. It should not be a change for the sake of making a change. And so when that happens uh, in any arena, uh, then people have no when there's no clear set direction, there's no clear stability. That's a threat to any organization. And of course, on a larger scale, a threat to profitability. So. Change must be uh, specific, and it must be for the bigger goal of the organization. So in a facilitated process, the beauty is you bring in a neutral person who is serving as a person who is there clearly not even necessarily as the subject matter expert, but clearly as a person who is the master of the process, not necessarily the master of the content. The content is the people in the room. And so the master facilitator knows how to go in and unearth the content in the room and allow a, a facilitate the, the discussion to allow people to have their thoughts heard, their ideas heard, and those things explored. And one of the nice things is the facilitator also acts as the arbiter, if you will, in many ways. So in no sense would you uh, would a facilitator allow a person to just chop down someone else's ideal. And I think you used a phrase earlier, say that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. So you don't recommend that. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> I'm taking a note. Not exactly. <laughs> it has happened. I've been in a room that takes place. Uh, sometimes uh, 
uh, you know, the, the loudest voice wants to dominate and drown things out. And so that's where the facilitator steps in and brings calm to the storm. And the ideal is we want, we believe that all ideals are important and we want to be able to surface those that are good and those that may be initially seeming not so good. There have been cases where at the end of a session, we realize that the idea that someone may have looked at initially as not being as good at an idea as quite frankly being the best idea. And in organizations, oftentimes the best ideas are not surfacing because individuals believe that maybe my ideal is not as important because of where I sit in the organization or I may not have as much of a background in a particular area. When quite frankly, it's the fresh eyes of people who haven't been in the minutiae <laughs> yes. unearth those beautiful ideas that we need to make effective changes. Well, here, here on that one, because I think both Adam and I have seen that uh, with the work that we've done as well. And one of the things that I always say is that part of my job is to give hard truths about customer experience, because sometimes it's really hard to see from the inside out kind of circling back to what you just said about, you know, some of the ideas are at levels that don't always get heard, frankly. When you bring those those different levels together and you have somebody who isn't really speaking up because maybe their boss is in the room and maybe their boss is the problem. <laughs> because a lot of this, uh, a lot of issues, you know, can, sometimes it's leadership. So are there... Are there clever ways that you can bring out that information? Are there ways that you can really make sure people are heard in a way that um, it's a little risky for them, but it's really important for the organization? A safe space. That's mm -hmm. a really good point that you bring up. So there's a couple of strategies I use for that. Uh, one of the people who I think is one of the best in the business, Michael Wilkinson, is someone who I've spent some time with, and he's uh, even shown me a couple of different strategies. But uh, So for a face-to-face -face session, there's some strategies I use. For a virtual session, there's other strategies I use. So uh, for face-to-face, -face, one of the things we would say is, hey, all titles are checked at the door. So everyone who comes in the room is at a uh, equal level. I and like that. So that's, that's, awesome. what, that's one of the things we do. In other cases, what I've done is I've set up the room in such a way where um, with everyone's name tag, we will uh, put a specific uh, color code on it. So you can sit anywhere you want in the room, but maybe I've broken people into quadrants of four. And so there are four people that have a red dot next to their name, four people that have a blue dot next to their name. And so I have looked at the attendee list and deliberately broken people up so that those in higher power are not clustered together, but I've spread them across the room. Another strategy would be in cases where management is there, I may have a private conversation beforehand and say, uh, make it clear that, hey, we definitely want your input. We want you to kick things off, but we want people to be open and candid. So we would ask that maybe you speak not first every time. <laughs> <laughs> Zip it. Ooh, that's a, hard, that's a hard job, getting all the executives to <laughs> be quiet. Yeah. Because they, they set the tone, and of course, everybody will kind of go in, in, in line. Uh, then another strategy is to uh, use uh, strategies where folks can, in a face-to-face -face session, submit feedback anonymously um, through a, a poll, through anonymous essays, and I have virtual technologies that I use for that. There's a product I use called Think Tank, and so this Think Tank tool I use, I've used it in face-to-face -face sessions, but I've also used it virtually. And so everyone is allowed in a brainstorming session, for example, to talk about ways we can fix the, the process in HR, ways we can fix uh, the budget crisis. And so people can 
all give their feedback. And because their names are not showing up, the amount of input we get back literally in 60 seconds is staggering. I did an exercise like this once, and this was, uh, uh, we were trying to uh, uh, make a change to a strategy, a go-to-market strategy. It wasn't working so well. We were losing to the competition. And in 60 seconds, we ended up getting about 100 different responses because everyone is able to uh, type your answers concurrently, of course, but then also because no names were involved. They were not afraid of how the, the business leader of the segment who was a part of that session, what their response would be. And the business leader was benefited by getting candid remarks that he knows he would not have received otherwise. Hmm. Hmm. And here we are at episode 144, and I think... Eddie, you are the first guest who used the word swell. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, this has been a swell interview. I'm going to draft <laughs> off of that. Eddie, thank you so much. This was great. And, you know, I, I really hope that people look into your work because this is – I've dealt with so many large organizations, and it's just such an issue. It changes so hard, and I think having an outside person that does what you do – is so important to that process. So tell our listeners uh, where they can find you. Well, uh, again, Eddie Turner, and you can find me at www.eddieturnerllc.com. And I'm willing to help any organization that needs uh, the assistance of an executive coach, uh, certified facilitator, or professional speaker. Perfect. Well, thank we will you. also make sure to include all of that information in our show notes. Eddie, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Eddie. We hope you enjoyed episode 144 of Crack the Customer Code with special thanks to audible.com. Don't forget to sign up for your free audiobook and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us what, Adam? What do we like to hear? Uh, key lime <laughs> pie. <laughs> feedback. Ah, love feedback. Feedback at crackthecustomercode.com as well as rating and reviews on iTunes. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Deport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and our upcoming online trainings at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.